Football is officially back, and we've got you covered right here on the Ringer NFL feed. I'm Shiel Kapadia, and every Tuesday and Friday, Ben Solak and I will be bringing you Extra Point Taken. Nora Princiati here to tell you that Steven Ruiz and I will be coming to you every Monday and Thursday. Our Monday show will recap everything from Sunday's games. Thursday's show will encompass any news during the week with an eye towards the next slate of games. Subscribe to the Ringer NFL show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow the Ringer NFL on Instagram, TikTok and Twitter at Ringer NFL. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Eifetz, and I am joined wow. by Danny Kelly and Craig Rollback. And the first Sunday of the NFL season is over, and I just await the sweet embrace of death. <laughs> because I just watched my New York Giants, I think, lose the worst game I've ever seen in my entire life. It's actually not even over. Craig, there's there's eight minutes left in the game as we're as we're doing this podcast. It's forty to nothing. Currently, as it stands, the, the Cowboys defense is the second highest scoring def- uh, uh, player of the day. They have 36 <laughs> fantasy points, only behind Tyree Kill. I think it's the worst game I've seen. I think it's the worst performance by a team I've seen in many years. Which is nice. Yes, because so here's how here's how the day went for the three of us. I, a Steelers fan, Danny Kelly, a Seahawks fan, Hyvitz, a Giants fan. I had the 10 o'clock misery slate. So for 10 to 1 Pacific, I was miserable. From one to four Pacific, DK was miserable. And then from five to eight Pacific, Heifetz was miserable. So if you collect it all, we were just miserable collectively for 12 hours. Nonstop. You know what? I'm just letting you know right now, I was super good about this loss for like a long time because they, they kicked your teeth in immediately. So you didn't expect to have teeth, right? I'm like, all right, cool. Like, we're not going to win this game. It's fine. And then I think it just kind of hit me. I was going to say as the game ended, it's still going on, that this is the worst Giants loss I've ever seen. If you factor in how thoroughly we were beaten and the expectations, and I realized that if it's not, or actually rather, it will remain the worst Giants loss I ever see in my life. And if it doesn't, that means I'll have to endure something like this again. And frankly, I've never had such expectations for a squad that was like, I just... Well, we all had we all had expectations. I'm, so we do awards on Sunday nights, and the award I'm giving this is the "Take the Cartridge Out and Blow on It" award for you youngins. That is a Nintendo reference. You used to take the cartridge out and blow on it to get the dust out if it wasn't working correctly. 
All of our teams need, we just need to take the cartridge out, blowing it, reset the season. Let's start the season over. What do you think? Yeah, right. Uh, I There used to be four preseason games. I, I would, let's go back to that. <laughs> let's do that again. Can we I count this say, as preseason? It, obviously, the Giants are the worst of it, but I do actually think the first two weeks of the season, or at least the first week, there is a lot of preseason vibes. Like the reality is these starters are playing less than ever in the preseason. And I do think you're seeing aspects of that. I wish it was, um, not such a like, you know, on the nose with the Giants, but um, the Giants and the Steelers were the darlings of the preseason. And look how fucking off. I, God, this is <laughs> I, I, what I, do we even have to? How talk? could any? Can how could this is the only thing that could have ruined the high you got from Kadarius Tony on Thursday night football, having possibly the worst game of all time from a receiver? Maybe possibly it was like Kadarius Tony, the high of him having one receiving yard and then watching the Giants receivers combined needing 38 minutes to get one receiving yard. <laughs> it was like me reaping. Yeah. Me sewing like, no, no. What the fuck? Yeah. Anyway, everyone kind of looked bad though today. How much good football was there really today? This is week one in general. I remember there was like one season opener. I think it was Bucks Cowboys after the Bucks won the Super Bowl with Brady. And it was like an amazing game. And that was the last time I think I remembered week one being fun. It just feels like every team sucks. And what, there was three good teams today. It was like the Dolphins look great, the Chargers look good, and the Niners, and now, I guess now the Cowboys. But other than that, it was a bleak day out there. It was like syllabus week for the NFL. People are just getting to class, showing up. They're late. They don't have their books yet. You know, they'll, they'll, start, they'll start next week. Yeah, and the Giants kind of showed up, and they're like, wait, there was a summer assignment? There was <laughs> summer <laughs> readings? <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, so I don't know. <sighs> Who didn't look like shit today? Should we start there? The blo- should we should we should we switch it to some some positive stuff? I think we need to. We need to get the energy up. We need to talk about these dolphins. Yeah, the dolphins definitely look the least like shit today. The, all right, so the, the least do- like, like shit. In, they they, they were awesome. What are you talking? They look about? great. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's through my shit colored glasses. That I'm <laughs> Tua threw for almost five hundred yards, dude. Yeah, it's the least like shit. That's that's just the vibe I'm in right now. No, but so I think I mean obviously the Giants were awful, but even among good teams, the Chiefs looked. Pretty mortal on Thursday night. The Bengals looked horrific. The Eagles looked pretty bad. The Dolphins looked like the best offense in the entire AFC and maybe the best offense in the league along with the 49ers. I mean, it was probably the best game of Tua's career or at least up there. Maybe with that Ravens game last year. And then, so Tua, fourth most passing yards in a season opener NFL history. 45 attempts, 28 completions, 466 yards, three touchdowns, no sacks for Tua. No sacks. Shout out Jiu-Jitsu. Didn't even need the Jiu-Jitsu. And then, so fourth most yards ever in an opener. And then Tyree Kill, I think this was his bet. I'm the best receiver in the NFL game. Like, mm-hmm. just kind of the statement of 11 catches for 215 yards and two touchdowns. Um, he's on pace for 3,600 yards. <laughs> which is super casual, like almost double the NFL record. Uh, that's normal. Tyreek Hill had more yards through three quarters than all the Chiefs receivers combined did in four quarters on Thursday Night Football. I want to say this because it's important context for a certain team we're going to talk about later. But I'm just going to say this. Having good receivers is a really good thing for your offense. It's it's incredible. That the, well, we've talked about this a lot. The gravity that's taking a shot creates. at the Giants. Well, no, I'm taking a shot at a team that shall be discussed. A later. different <laughs> NFC team. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think oh, we need to send that guy, that coach, the, that the man who will not be named. We need to send him the movie Kicking and Screaming. And be like, look, Mike McDaniel gets it. 
Okay. Yeah, throw it to the Italians. Pass to the Italians. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, the, we've talked about it all the time, but Tyreek, the, the gravity that he creates, I mean, it's just incredible. And then, you know, it, it didn't even feel like... So we were texting during the game. It didn't even really feel like Tua was playing that well. There's a couple of plays where he, like, lobbed a ball up, like, off his back foot and, like, completely short-armed it. And then at, at the end of the day, you just look... He's racking up yards, racking up yards. It's such an awesome offense. And the big thing with him and the big reason why he had zero sacks today is like, man, he's just so decisive. He gets rid of the ball so quickly. Um, and it just really it makes up for the fact that maybe he doesn't have like the strongest deep arm, but he's just so decisive and he processes so quickly. Uh, this offense is incredibly, incredibly fun to watch. And, you know, Waddle didn't even have that big of a game, but he looked awesome. And, you know, Tua, or sorry, uh, Tyreek is just, I mean, he's just going nuclear right now. I got this stat from Nate Tice. The Dolphins had 16 explosive plays in offense, so like 20 Jeez. yards or more. Yeah. Which is tied for the most in a game in nine years. What's cool about them is like, in the same way that the Niners, it just always seems that someone's open. Like the Niners game today against the Steelers, it was just like, Brandon Ayuk was always just like sitting in the middle of the field and there was nobody within like eight yards of him. And the Dolphins have the same thing. And Mike McDaniels kind of draws up an offense that creates so much open space, except they have the two fastest players in that damn league. So it's like the second time, the, the entire Dolphins offense to me, every time I look up, it's Tyreek Hill catching like a 12-yard in route and then he's just gone 50 <laughs> yards diagonally up the field and then Jalen Waddle does it the other way in the next play. And it's just over and over and over, rinse and repeat and, and you, you can't solve it. Especially when they bring Tyreek Hill in motion from one side to the other just to have him kind of run up and then run it back to the other side originally and it kind of creates like a giant backwards letter C, like, but it's 40 yards long. And I'm like, how is anyone supposed to follow him? So it, also another insane stat from this is from um, Chase Stewart football perspective. Tyree Kill now has nine games in his career with 175 receiving yards or more. Wow, which is tied for second all time with Jerry Rice. It took him not having Mahomes for me to realize, oh, he is the best receiver in the NFL, which I know doesn't really make sense. But for some reason, him on the Dolphins is more impressive than him on the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, last year, remember he was. I don't remember exactly where he went in drafts, but he fell far. Like people were talking about how it's just not going to be the same. It's, you know, he's, this was a terrible decision on his part, but now, now it's almost just like, man, they're even more concentrated on him. He doesn't have to deal with Kelsey anymore. He's the, he's the guy now. And so if you, if you redrafted, let's say you, you, for some reason you, you and your buddies couldn't draft until tomorrow. Is Tyree kill the first pick in the draft? He is right. Him or Christian McCaffrey. I think he's I think, yeah, him, Justin Jefferson, and Christian McCaffrey, the top three. I think Jefferson was also incredible today. It's just Tyreek Hill. It's the same thing. It's like you're worried about to his health. But I, again, Tyreek Hill said he, was, he wanted 2,000 yards. I think he's actually going to get the 2,000 yards. I, I, I'm serious. He also, uh, to, to his credit, though, Tyreek Hill only had 50 yards after the catch. Like, two actually had, I think two had one of the best throws, throws of his entire career on that third and 10 that basically saved the game. Yeah. But that was really nice. The whole thing was absolutely I mean, he looked insane. really good. Don't get me wrong. He, he was very yeah. good in this game. It yeah. was, shout out producer Carlos, who's doing Sunday nights for us this year. Just massive Tua fan. Just a founding member of Tua Non over there. But, <laughs> Craig, you know what? While we're talking about teams that were good and my team getting the shit kicked out of them, your team got the shit kicked out of them by the 49ers. Yeah, my team was the most embarrassing team of the day until your team suited up, which was nice. But um, yeah, the Steelers had so much hype. Sleeper team. They're going to, Niners are going to come into Heinz Field. I'm not saying Acrisure. And like, it was going to be like a, a mucked up, you know, 17 to 10 gritty Steelers pulled out. Not even close. Pickett looked like shit, man. 
He looks so frazzled. It's almost like us being excited about Pickett and Daniel Jones in the preseason looks really stupid in retrospect. <laughs> We're all, almost. He looked like shit. He was inaccurate as hell. Like Pickens is already pissed. They couldn't run the ball. He he got you know he got hurt essentially. He was so inaccurate. He like hurt Pat Fryermuth. And because Pat Fryermuth had to bend in such an unnatural way to try to catch this errant pass that he like hurt his leg and then like hurt his <laughs> ribs when he caught the touchdown. And Deontay Johnson got hurt. Horrible vibes. Cam Hayward got hurt. TJ Watt is the only bright spot. And the Niners just look like a fucking juggernaut. And, and people are open 24-7. McCaffrey's like seven yards of carry guaranteed. Purdy looks awesome. My Niners fans, friends are texting me Big Cock Brock every two minutes and I want to jump <laughs> off a bridge. Good job, Craig. <laughs> I, I got to tell you, there's there's so many things. One, Brock Purdy, first quarterback in NFL history to win each of his first six regular season starts and throw two sh- touchdown passes in each start. Are we pretty pilled? Also, yeah, yeah, are we, yeah. Are we pretty pilled? I actually, I got pretty pilled in this one. Did he, that <laughs> touchdown pass he had to Braden Ayuk? That was that was freaking legit. The one, the back shoulder in the end zone. I was, dude, Brock Purdy, goddamn, dude. Uh, I, uh, he's also the first quarterback in NFL history with a passer rating of ninety-five or higher in each of his first six starts. So, I will say this: I think the Niners overall are like a legendary team. Like, I, I honestly, you start to kind of go through the players in the Niners, and they, you never just like scroll through like the two thousand one Miami Hurricanes roster. And just like, oh my God, they had this guy and they had they that were on guy. that team? Yeah, what? <laughs> he was All a backup? Together? Yeah. We're going to look through like this Niners team in 10 years. Like Trent Williams was the left tackle? And you're just like looking through all these like freaking, you're like, oh, they're the best linebacker and the best defensive end and the best running back and the, all this shit. And I like when they're, they've been so hurt, you almost forget what they're like when they're all healthy. And the only thing I will say about the Giants and the Steelers is that these are probably just the two best defenses in the NFL that just absolutely buzzsawed these two squads. But the Niners honestly just feel to me like destined for the Super Bowl. And it's literally just a question of health. And then the Steelers. I mean, the first five drives, I think Kenny Pickett had nine yards. Yeah, it was like five for eight, nine yards and a pick or something. Kenny Pickett's better in the two minute drill. I'll say this. Kenny Pickett reminded me of Eli Manning today. Because I'll take it. It's like the light, right bulb now. Go, the light bulb goes on with the two minute drill and some you're just kind of like poking him like do something. He's good in rhythm and he kind of gets momentum. He can kind of like string a couple nice plays together, string a drive together. But when it's like, like a, a stall drive. Yeah, man, it, it can be dark. But what, again, look, Pickett was better last year when he wasn't playing against top five defenses every week. And this was a top five defense. So maybe. Even though they're playing the, the the Browns next week, who are also a good defense, so I don't know. The hopes aren't high. Nine and eight, I'll take it right now. If we go nine and eight, uh, I want to talk about Ayuk, Brandon Ayuk. Who, if you guys remember, a couple of weeks ago, at some point in the preseason, I was just talking. There was, I don't even know, camp report after camp report, day after day after day, that Brandon Ayuk was the best player on the field by far. And this is one of those scenarios. It feels like where the camp hype is actually true, and it actually was maybe even a little understated because he looked insanely good out there. Brandon Ayuk did. And I don't know, man. He had, uh, let's see, what did he finish with? He finished with eight catches for 129 yards and two touchdowns on eight targets. So he's like basically perfect, including one really impressive touchdown um, catch in like the corner of the end zone where it didn't look like he had any chance of catching it and he came down with it. Um, 
this is the type of player I feel like that would be an absolute superstar on another team where he's not having to fight for like scraps with so many other good players, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey in a, in a run heavy offense. You know what I mean? So I don't know, man, Brandon Ayuk to me was just like one of the best players in the NFL today. I joked on Bill's pod that the only way that Brandon Ayuk could really have like a big takeoff season is if he put a, like threw a banana peel in front of George Kittle or Debo <laughs> Samuel and, and somebody got hurt. Turns out that might not be the case. And he actually could be the number one option in the passing game. Yeah, Ayuk. So he was the second highest scoring receiver after Tyreek Hill on the entire day. And then Christian McCaffrey was the number one running back. Christian McCaffrey, 112 yards after contact, which is his career high. He's so good, man. 152 rushing yards for McCaffrey. Most of any game he had as a 49er. And then Debo was kind of back to doing running back stuff. Like Debo really got a lot more handoffs. I feel like now that he's in better shape and they kept talking about how Kyle Shanahan kind of, you know, body shamed Debo to be in better shape post-contract situation. <laughs> and so I, they just absolute juggernaut status. So yeah, 30 to seven, the Niners beat the Steelers. It felt like more than that. It's not quite four. Is the Giants, did, we, did this game freaking end yet? It's just ended. It's 40 to nothing. Thank did God. They, sc- they didn't score. They didn't score. Uh, Dallas's oh defense God. ended up with 37 fantasy points. They had seven sacks, two picks, a fumble recovery, <laughs> two touchdowns, a blocked kick, and they allowed zero points. Second highest score in all of fantasy football. Cool. <sighs> <laughs> tough start. Tough start. The Dayball legend took a little bit of a hit today. We don't have to go. We don't, let's <laughs> took not a little talk bit about, of a shot. <laughs> let's not talk about the Giants anymore. <laughs> I'm tired of talking about my flair. Fine by me. I'll just try to take a pot shot at the Cowboys <laughs> just because I can. I would like to give out the Tony Romo award for getting this paid so a massive contract and then immediately mailing it in. Just like Tony Romo, if you don't know, got $20 million a year as an announcer and then immediately started playing golf during the weekdays and just showing up to the games <laughs> on Sunday to get to talk. And you know what? Yeah, sure. Good for you, Tony. So uh, I feel like there were like a half dozen quarterbacks who got like a huge contract this year. With this offseason, five of those six just absolutely sucked today. Just absolutely <laughs> awful. Daniel Jones, I, we talked about it enough. It was raining. Just an absolute disaster. Daniel Jones had a terrible day. Dude, Joe Burrow. Also, the rain, I, I, I think it's a third rain, a third being week one, and then Joe Burrow, a third coming back from this calf injury. I don't know. But all I know is on Saturday, he signed the dotted line for $275 million. And then on Sunday, it was basically the worst game of his entire life going back to middle school. Uh, this is not a game I'm actually worried about with Joe Burrow. It's not like something that I think is going to last very long into the season. It was just shocking. It was, it was truly shocking how bad he was. He finished with 82 passing yards on 32 attempts. 82 on 32 attempts. The last time atrocious. an NFL quarterback had less than 100 passing yards and 30 attempts with Sam Darnold in this scene ghost game. This is like an all-time bad performance. And look, there are reasons, there are excuses and reasons why he did not play well. But man, yeah, it's, look, the, three the points? Brown, Browns, 24 to three, the Browns won. Three points, fewest yards in Joe Burrow's career by a lot. I mean, he had three fantasy points too. Like, I mean, jo- Josh Dobbs, the Cardinals, had like two and a half. So I mean- T. Higgins, zero catches. Jamar think- Chase- he had like T. Four Higgins, points. T. Higgins, first receiver to have eight targets in a game, but not have a catch in eight years. T. Higgins was fourth uh, in the in among receivers today. I'm telling you, dude, fantasy should just start at week two. Just start fantasy <laughs> week two. Just oh, like we cut off the first. That's yeah. We a great treat idea. week one like preseason, and then you draft after week one. 
That's actually a sick idea where it's like we always cut off the last week of the season. We should cut off the first week. Let him like yeah. in a moose boosh. Let you everyone gets to watch all the players for a week. This is so nice that none of this counts, you guys. This is like the best idea Craig's ever had. I will say the Bengals, it's not that I'm making fun of the Bengals and at Burrow, but it's more a Bills fan said to me. What if Josh Allen did this? What would y'all be saying about Josh Allen if he had 80 yards and 30 completions or 30 attempts? I'd be like, yeah, that's super fair. We'd be making so much fun. Um, but yeah, Burrow was absolutely horrific. Lamar was terrible too. Like all the quarterbacks who signed, Lamar was awful. His numbers weren't like egregious. He just merely had like seven fantasy points. He had like three turnovers. He had a pick, he had two fumbles. He had under, uh, under 170 passing yards, but it was just like a carelessness. It was weird. Lamar tweeted after the game that he actually... Um, was rusty as shit or whatever he yeah. tweeted an emoji. Oh, good. But it was like the most careless I've seen. Like, a, like honestly, he was running with the ball. It almost like he was thought the play was over. It was so weird the way that he fumbled. Like he just, it was so. Ja- my my girlfriend kept asking me if she if flex. I thought he was hurt. Yeah, flex. And I, I kind of agree. Like he didn't look fast. They barely ran any design runs, and I the whole thing looked off. If we're doing the panic meter for like all these quarterbacks who got giant contracts and now look like shit today, Burrow, one out of 10. I think I'm starting to get a little bit worried about Lamar Jackson and just like, like his long term you know, viability. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think I might be at a five out of 10 for Lamar. I, I just, dude, I think it's I'm been at a while and a half. since we've seen it. Yeah, it's been a while since we've really seen Lamar like take over. I, I, I no, no longer am afraid of him. Like As the MVP thing, he won the unanimous MVP. That was pre-pandemic. I don't want to hear shit about pre-pandemic. Like that, you know what I mean? As far as I'm concerned, that was that was a different world. This is it was a, we're it living was. in a different space. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm not I'm not there yet. There a couple variables definitely matter here. This is the first game with a new offensive coordinator, new offense. Like we can't just yeah, we can't just hand wave that away. I know, but you know they played I mean? the Texans. The point is they beat so the Ravens the Texans won the game. might have a good defense. I mean the, the Ravens the Texans won the defense game. is not like terrible. It was 25 to 9. But honestly like the, the offense didn't do anything. It was 7 to 6 at halftime and frankly like the defense kind of held up the Tex, uh, the Ravens the whole time. Mark Andrews was out. JK Dobbins tore his fucking Achilles. Like just terrible. There, there's there's variables here that you you can't just hand wave and say oh it doesn't matter. I say I would say I'm like more worried about him. I'm more worried about Lamar than I am about Burrow. But but Zay Flowers is the rookie receiver. He had f- like forty percent of their targets. Yeah, he Zay Flowers good. had like what was their average depth of target for Lamar today? Like four yards downfield. Yeah, like tough. it was it, it was, was a strange offense. It just the whole thing was odd. I don't know. It, it it wasn't very professional, honestly. It was very strange. And then Jalen Hurts, fewest yards at EPA per play than any game the Eagles had all of last season. Fewest fantasy points Jalen Hurts has had in a game that mattered. I'm not counting ones that the Eagles had already clinched something. Fewest fantasy points in a game that mattered for the Eagles Jalen Hurts has had in almost two years. I agree with Craig. Panic meter, Burrow, I'm going to put like a one out of ten. Jalen Hurts, I'm going to put like a two and a half, three out of ten. Lamar, I'm going to put at like a six. And then, da- uh, and then Daniel Jones, I'm going to put <laughs> it up four and a half. Daniel Jones, it's not Daniel Jones's fault. It's that obvious thing is wrong, but you can't lose 40 nothing. That was a systemic failure. That was like he didn't a, look good. every, it was Chernobyl. It was like 11 things went wrong. I don't understand. You could be so worried about Lamar and you're not worried about Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones threw like, how many touchdowns did he throw last year? Well, I, I, that's 15. not the problem. No, that's not it. Daniel <laughs> like Jones is running that's for his, his freaking good year, life. And you're not worried about him? 
<laughs> Daniel Jones was running for his life the whole Lamar freaking Jackson night. Jackson rushed for over a thousand yards like every year. Like I don't. This is ridiculous. Come on. I'm worried about all these is guys. It? To be honest, they all look terrible, and <laughs> I'm, I'm worried about all of them. You know what? Geno Smith do after you paid him, DK. Geno Smith, you're the fewest yards in the second half that Seattle Seahawks have had since 1991. And the only reason it's since 1991 is because that's when they started keeping track of the goddamn stat. It's, it's three yards, ever. right? Three yards in the second half. <laughs> I don't know. It was oh, not yeah, 12 a lot. yards in the second half. Greg. 12, which is 12. funny because you have you have the 12s, like the fans. So you have the flag that says oh, 12 that was, in yeah, the stadium. Very nice of them. That was considerate. Thanks a lot, Heifetz. You're leaving me in the trenches here, John. Taking grenades. Heifetz, you have, you have like a weird, eerie power to jinx the fuck out of people because on the Friday show, you were just talking about how the Rams are an unserious team. They have all these rookies. They suck. They're tanking. They just blah, 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 like all this crap. And then I'm like, whoa, hold on. They like have dominated the Seahawks ever since Sean McVay came to town. And it's just, the Seahawks absolutely fell apart in the second half. They had, uh, I think Austin Gale tweeted this out. They had like a 5% pressure rate. They could not get any pressure. Matt Stafford picked them apart. The time Wait, of possession what was, the was like- That was a great number, Austin said us. Well, 5% pressure rate was the lowest in like nine years? Uh, I can't remember the exact- Date range, but it's been a while since they had. There were that a lot of low. stats today that were like haven't been done in five or ten years. Super concerning. <laughs> yeah, a lot of historical like, numbers getting pulled yeah. up. It was like the the Seahawks offense definitely fell apart in the second half, but like the Rams doubled the Seahawks time of possession. They absolutely just dominated. <laughs> That's um, so bad. Forty to twenty. Four, you don't see that a lot. Forty is a hard number to reach. The Seahawks had one. They had one first down in the second half. Also, like the people beating the Seahawks today, I mean, the, here are the top performers. Kyron Williams, Tutu Atwell, and Puka Nakua. Those were the three players that dominated the Seahawks. Dude, the Seahawks' defense is Dude, not good. Hold on, um, hold on. Dude, that's one of those that if you have a friend who hasn't played fantasy in a year, you come back, like, they can't even tell you what sport those people play. The, C- the Seahawks, the Seahawks tweet or uh, like text threads I'm in. People are apoplectic. It's not good. That like this was the worst Seahawks performance in I don't even. Why know. Why were like, you so bad? Seven, on, nine, want, ten years. I want to check if the Giants got a first down in the second half. They did. <laughs> they got two. Nice. It was bad. What man. happened? Uh, okay, they marched right down to start the game. They had a beautiful touchdown to DK Metcalf, and then it all fell off. Well, a number of different things. First of all, Aaron Donald is really freaking good. And he was like creating havoc. The Seahawks, I believe, lost both of their starting tackles in the game to injuries, which was a cascading effect in terms of like their effectiveness on the ground and through the air. Like they just were really, really bad. Uh, there were some drops out there. The, the, I don't know. It was really bad. It was really, really bad. Like this was one of, again, one of the worst, th- worst Seahawks games I've seen. In freaking in the last decade. So wait, hold on, hold on. Wait, can we just take them all three of our all? We're saying all three of our teams had the worst game we've seen in a decade. <laughs> we're all God, just like, are you glad football's back? What's it's, I, it's, it's today was the fucking today worst. was the worst non Duck Hodges Steelers <laughs> game I've seen in ten years. Oh my god, Jesus Christ! I mean, at least uh, and then I'm like, oh, whatever. I'll look at the Yankees who are in freaking last place in the God. Like, there's nothing to turn to. Holy, Holy shit. shit, dude. So the Seahawks are now, um, I think they've won four out of the last 12 games against the Rams going back to the, when Sean McVay took over. So anyways, thanks again, Hyphen. Oh, it's for okay. That. Fine. The, the count, we haven't beat Dak Prescott since 2016. Dude, the Giants are, I, I think the Giants are now 15, they're two and 15 against Dallas in the last 17 games. 
Heifetz is bad luck. Heifetz is like the opposite of Midas. It's like the Heifetz touch. Anything he touches crumbles. (laughs) The cooler. The mush. If you've ever seen the movie A Bronx Tale. I'm going to use that on you guys. I'm going to be like, you know what? Danny Kelly's gone 370 episodes in a row with that explosive diarrhea on air. God, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Real quick, though. before, Before we move on. We do need to talk about Puka Nakua. That was like an incredible game. He set the all-time record for uh, targets for a rookie's first game, I think. 15. He he led the, the league. 15 is notable when Cooper Cup gets 15 targets. That's like notable. Cooper Cup system receiver? Anybody. You just slot anybody in there and they become <laughs> Cooper Cup. Is Puka Nakua Cooper Cup now? Here's the thing. Wasn't the comp for Puka Nakua Monra St. Brown and Monra St. Brown's comp was like baby Cooper Cup? Yeah, so they're like- all in the same family of receivers. Like, Guys that aren't super fast, but they're just really savvy route runners and like tough and and good after the catch and all this stuff. And Puka, I mean, Puka, credit to Puka. I don't think this was a fluke. He looked really good. Like he was, he was just making plays everywhere. The Seahawks couldn't guard Hall him. of Fame name too, Puka Nakua. Puka Nakua. I mean, and he was like really underrated in college too. Um, he was undrafted, really know, wasn't he? No, he was like a fifth fifth rounder. I think six. We were talking about this a month ago with Jahan Dotson, where it's like, how are there some guys where you just like, yeah. You see one game, you're like, yep, he's an NFL player. You don't see it a lot with a fifth rounder. You watch this fifth round receiver, you're like, yep, NFL player. How did he last to the fifth round? No one knows anything, dude. Nobody knows yeah. anything. I mean, because he ran slow. He was a four, five, seven guy, which is like whatever. But if you look at his like efficiency stats in college, he had like one of the best yards per route run numbers in the whole country. Wasn't he the highest graded receiver from pro yeah, football? PFF had him as the number one graded guy. Like he made How plays. How does that guy every go time- to fifth? I, you know, I love I that don't we know. all accept, we all know now, we're all smart enough to know that like the 40 is kind of an irrelevant metric nowadays because it actually doesn't really project uh, to how good you're going to be in the NFL. And yet, DK, the first thing he said was, oh, well, why didn't he get drafted higher? He was so good in college. He's like, well, he ran slow. Like that is still when everybody's like, well, he was slow. So we're not going to draft him. He was in fucking incredible in every other way. He was just pretty slow. So we're out. You know what it's like? It's like the hot scale where it's like we just assign competence to hot people. I think we just assign competence to fast people of the NFL. Like if they're fast, we just assume they can do the job. Puka Nakua is the equivalent of like when when you're like going on a blind date with somebody and and your friend's like, oh, she's really nice. And you're like, okay, well, I, you gotta give me something. Like, you gotta give me something else. No, no, she's really nice. And you're like, okay, well, then that means you she's she sucks or she's not good looking. That's Puka Nakua. It's like, well, he's 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 hardworking. It's like, oh, great, he's slow, isn't he? He's slow, that's what you're telling me. But you know what? Those people are the people you marry. Puka Nakua is husband material. I mean, just an incredible game from him. And I think, like, it, like again, I do feel like it was legit. It didn't feel, like, fluky. You know what I mean? Like, he had an incredible connection with Matt Stafford. Maybe they were going to breakfast Stafford together. Good. Stafford was freaking Stafford slinging it. Vintage. Stafford looked playoff. I think it's the first time since the playoff run where they won the Super Bowl that Stafford looked that good. The Rams were pissed, man. I think the, I think Sean McVay maybe listened to our podcast because he's buddies with Craig, and he was like talking to Heifetz in the press conference. He was just like, I don't even. I tweeted it at you, Heifetz. He was like, a lot of people don't know what the fuck they're talking about out there, you know. <laughs> I love this. Yeah, shit. he was like, he, whatever the, the fucking narrative story. was out there, these people don't know shit. Like, we're gonna fucking show them. Like him and Stafford were like arms around each other, like having beers in the locker room, cussing people out. <laughs> It would. I actually uh, cannot think of anything funnier than our freaking podcast being played as the bulletin board material <laughs> for the, the Los Angeles Rams. Heifetz, you're the main character of the week of week one, like legitimately. Fucking Kadarius Tony. Travis well, first, Kelsey. First, out. you get Travis Kelsey hurt. Then Kadarius Tony has the worst game. 
The Heifetz touch. Stay away, folks. <laughs> anything. Anything he touches. Get out. This is incredible. Sell, sell, sell. Danny <laughs> Kelly. 370 episodes in a row. Shit. Oh, my God. Uh, also, Heifetz, wait, who are you into next week? Who do you like? <laughs> Dude, I just want the Giants to be favored over the goddamn Cardinals, man. That's all I want. Cardinals uh, almost How about won. them Falcons? How about them Falcons, baby? Uh, okay. Getting back to the awards. This is the congratulations you've replaced Joffrey Baratheon as my least favorite character ever award. And it's going out to Arthur Smith. I hate this guy. I hate everything about him. Head coach for the Atlanta can't Falcons. fucking stand him. Get this out of the way. They won the game. I don't fucking loser. care. 24 to 10. What a, what a loser. Beat a division rival by two it touchdowns. It was closer than that until later. What an idiot. But yeah, he's he's this is this is going back to what I said earlier in the in the in the podcast where when you have really good players, it helps to give those guys the football. And unless you're on the Falcons, in which unless case you're it on the Falcons for some reason, um, they just have decided to completely fucking ignore the two top ten picks that they bought that they drafted for the passing game in order to improve the passing game. Uh, they drafted. Well, I can't even remember his name because he doesn't get it. Kyle, Drake no, London. He didn't Drake get a London. catch today. So Couldn't even okay. remember his name because he got absolutely super he forgettable. Ran like, he ran like 60 routes and had zero targets and zero catches. Uh, absolutely useless. <laughs> yeah, he was doing. Did you guys see some of the blocking he was doing out there? Like, oh, my God, it was amazing. This is pure sarcasm. You don't draft a fucking guy in the top 10s so he can block on the outside. Um, did you see the quote, uh, DK? Somebody asked, somebody told Arthur Smith, they were like, oh, Drake London had one fewer reception than Desmond Ritter in today's win. And Arthur Smith said, let the fantasy guys worry about that. We've got to clean some things up. We don't care. Drake London doesn't care. All we care about is one and First off, fucking guarantee you, Drake London. Can we talk to Drake about that? Yeah, I'm I'm not so sure. (laughs) First of all, that's fucking bullshit. Second of all, you went seven and 10 last year, my guy. You drafted this guy in the top 10, my guy. You went seven and ten the year before that, my guy. You're fucking bragging about wins doesn't work on me. I still think you suck. I hate this guy. Freaking pass it to <laughs> Kyle Pitts and Drake London before I blow my fucking gasket. <laughs> I think it's blown. I I will say, I also we're not even mentioning that Tyler Algier got more carries than Bijan Robinson, the running back they took in the top ten. Tyler Algier, Tyler Algier got more carries. He had more yards and he got all the goal line work. So he ended up with the two touchdowns. So we ended up in a world where the top running backs, I, you know, we have Monday to football still to go, but the top running backs on the day were Aaron Jones, Austin Eckler, Christian McCaffrey, and Tyler Algier right above Tony Pollard. Top five running back. The Algier thing doesn't bother me as much because they were using Bijan in like a lot of fun ways. Like he had, he had a bunch of targets. He was really, it doesn't bother you that a running back was drafted top 10 in the NFL. And then another running back they already had got 15 carries. Let me be clear. It does bother me. It doesn't bother me as much as the other two things bother me. Like everyone, everyone's instant response to me will be, have you seen their quarterback? Like, they should be running the ball, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, if you have two top 10 picks, those guys can help that quarterback. Take a quarterback. Take a quarterback. With this one is of what Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle are doing for Tua. Like, it's helpful to have these elite guys. You just got to give them the fucking football in order for them to help. One and oh. One and oh. <laughs> On to the next game. Uh, God. I am actively rooting for him to fail. Sorry. Sorry, I, I, How? Here's my question. How... Well, would the Falcons have to do for you to admit 
that Arthur Smith was right and you were wrong? Like, how long could Great they continue? Question. Drake London has like literally less averaging less than two catches per game. And the Falcons are like 11 and 0, but like Steelers style from like four years ago. Remember when the Steelers started 11 and 0 and we were like, they suck. Like, how good could the Falcons be? And you just were like, nope. <laughs> well, first of all, I'm, I'm pretty stubborn. Um, so it would take a lot. But if I was being completely rational, if it, yeah, I mean, if they like went to the playoffs this year, I, I would back off. Really? If they went to the playoffs with like a legit record, like obviously this division is kind of. <laughs> what this if they win the division shitty. with nine wins? This division's not that good, so they might go to the playoffs. If they win double digit games, I'll drop it. Okay, I'll, I'll back off of this. How about that? Okay, sure. We didn't even get to Kyle. <laughs> I mean, I'm still going to like harbor deep deep seated hatred towards him, but I'll stop talking about it. It's, by the way, this just pisses me off that he's constantly like bitching about the fantasy people. It's like, my guy, you drafted these guys in the top 10. I like it. Any, any pub is good pub. This is good for us. I, I hope he keeps talking about us. <laughs> Should we get Arthur Smith on the podcast and just tell him he could just rail at us? <laughs> yeah. Sells we're losers. Kyle Pitts, I mean, was somehow the leading receiver on the Falcons. He had 44 yards. Congratulations. He had 5.4 fantasy points. Well, Desmond Ritter had a catch. Kyle Pitts only had two. And Drake London, the quarterback had a catch. Drake London didn't even have a catch. And Kyle Pitts had like two. Should we do, let, let's do, uh, I'm going to do three players and a lie. Uh, three, three players and a lie uh, who outscored Drake London and Kyle Pitts combined. Okay. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to do like five players in a lie. Fuck it. Okay. Here we go. Number one, Demario Douglas. Yep. If you, if the people at home, he's on the Patriots. Uh, number two, Braxton Berrios on Miami. Number three, Mike Kosicki, also on the Patriots. Four, Adam Troutman, Denver, Durham Smythe, Miami, and Kylan <laughs> Granson, Indiana. Indianapolis, sorry. <laughs> Only one of those people did not outscore Kyle Pitts and Drake London combined. Gesicki? Yeah. Correct. Wow. Good for you. It was Gesicki. He, he was just under guy. them. I hate that guy. <laughs> well, you know how I know? it's dude, This was a real true. This was a tight end apocalypse of a week. I get it. I'm, I'm trying not to be hyperbolic. It's week one. It's hard not to be, though. It is coming up on being. We're, <laughs> it's the it best seems part of week like, one, honestly. I know. We're encroaching on. The worst tight end season in the yeah, history of the NFL. <laughs> I love it. I'm jumping to every conclusion I can I'm think fucking, of. I'm fucking miserable right now, you guys. This is the worst. <laughs> the tight ends. Let's just take a little recap. Travis Kelsey, who maybe at my, my behest you drafted in the first round, misses his first game to injury in 10 years. Mark Andrews, third Out. rounder. Out. You probably replaced Mark Andrews with Isaiah Likely, who's backup who had like four, 300 yards in a few starts this year. Isaiah, Isaiah likely had like four yards. TJ Hawkinson had eight catches, albeit TJ Hawkinson had 35 yards today. Yeah, George Kittle boss. had, I'm going in the order in which players were drafted on average. George Kittle had 19, right? Darren yards. Waller ended with what the hell? Yeah, 19 yards. What the hell did Darren Waller end with? Uh, hold on. Darren he Waller. He wasn't like terrible. The 36 yards. Darren Waller. And a shutout. And then just keep going. It David and Joku, twenty-four. Pat Fryermuth, three yards, and he just salvaged it with a touchdown. D David and Joku, twenty-four. Evan Ingram, forty-nine. Was a god. There were two tight ends that surpassed double-digit points in half PPR. 
two. Hunter Henry and Hayden Hurst, <laughs> the freaking weirdos whose names start with H. Otherwise, Dallas, like, put it this way, Dallas Goddard for the Eagles. Zero. Dal Dalton Schultz for the Texans. Pat Fryermuth for the Steelers. Shigo Conquo for the Titans. Isaiah Likely combined. Those five tight ends combined had four catches for 11 <laughs> yards. I mean, the, the top five scoring tight ends this week, Hunter Henry, Hayden Hurst, Donald Parham, Blake Bell, and Harrison Bryant. Blake Bell had one catch for like a touchdown on, on Thursday Night Football. He cracked the top five at the position. Like, here's the, here's the larger point. <laughs> this is insane, but here's like the larger problem we have. I don't have it. I just lost the page, but basically the tight end rankings right now look vaguely like this. The top 10 players are between like 12 and seven points. And then the next 20 players are between seven and four points. They're all indistinguishable. It's this is a this is a disaster. <laughs> Welcome yeah, back. It, it's tough out there for people who, who spent like $40 on Travis Kelsey or $30 on Mark Andrews. You know what also sucks about week? Just in general, DK being like, I'm miserable. This is terrible. Like, I feel like on Sundays, I become like, I become like Jason Siegel in Forgetting Sarah Marshall when it cuts back to him and when she was like, you spent an entire week in sweatpants without changing. <laughs> like, that's what I also am like on Sunday physically. I'm just like on the couch. I feel like I'm not clean shaven. I feel like sweaty and itchy. I like need to shower. So when you have a bad day in fantasy football or the football is bad, you feel like twice as worse because you like start to think about what you're even doing. You're like, I haven't gotten off the couch in nine hours. What am I even watching this for? <laughs> Uh, you're like all grumpy to like your relatives and your loved I, like, ones. Smell bad. And, like, <laughs> it's terrible. It's it's it's. We need a word. We need an old German word for like how stupid you feel when you are losing in fantasy football. I'm just like stewing in my filth, watching Saquon Barkley put up five points, and I'm like eagerly awaiting the Giants to get another possession, hoping he can run for like eight more yards. And I'm just like, what am I doing with my life? Craig, what did you eat for dinner? Did you eat cereal out of a giant bowl? It's a Frisbee, isn't it? What is he? You know? Is it a Frisbee or is it a giant bowl? It might be a giant bowl. It's a giant bowl. Um, you shall not pass. Go see the psychiatrist. I hate the psychiatrist. <laughs> uh, I feel better now. This is cathartic. It's fun to like, I mean, I'm sure some people had good days out there, right? Not many. I mean, I my fantasy league, uh, 11 of the 12 teams, their projections were in the red after today, which is pretty, I mean, Everyone's like averaging like 90 points, 100 points. Like basically, if you had Tyreek Hill, you won. Other than that, you're kind of screwed. Well, all the quarterbacks were bad too. How many quarterbacks even finished with like a positive EPA per play? I think it was like three. Like Purdy and Stafford and Dak and Tua. And I think that's it. They've, there's been research on this, I'm sure, but like it has to do something with the preseason, right? And people sitting. 100%. Yeah. Well, it's just, it's just like, they legislated out over the last two CBAs that like you can't practice as much anymore. And so it's just math. It's just like they used to have twice as much practice time. And they're like, all right, well, that's what the first week or two were for. Do you guys get a lot of texts from friends on Sunday? And do you ever get the classic just, I fucking hate fantasy text <laughs> from a friend? Oh, yeah. I got, a, I got like several of those. Yeah. That is like the most common phrase, like word for word is I fucking hate fantasy. And it's like the guy <laughs> who has Sky Moore and like Travis Kelsey's out. And he's like, well, this makes sense. I'll just start Sky Moore. 
you know, one catch or like, oh, Cam Akers, like at least at least Cam Akers will be the guy they use around the goal line. No, it's it's fucking Kyron Williams. <laughs> Kenneth Gainwell is just the guy for the Eagles, despite them trading for for DeAndre Swift and signing Rashad Penny. There are so many parts of fantasy football that just like don't make any sense. Justin Fields having two designed rushes. It's miserable. That one drives me insane, Craig. So this is I, I need to air of grievance with this one in particular, because last year I think I went on a massive rant about how it took the Bears so long to figure out that they have this incredible, like, force-multiplying weapon in Justin Fields when he turns into a runner. And, like, in the last nine games of the season last year, they had he averaged eight design runs per game. And it was like, this was the only way that they could make any offense. This was the only way that they could get anything going. Can you imagine if last year Sirianni and Steichen had decided just oh, we need to develop Jalen Hurts, and therefore we should just have him stop running. We need to make him a good passer. He's got to learn sometime. And they just stopped running him, and he didn't score 12 touchdowns? It is kind of like going to Avicii and being like, you need to learn an instrument. (laughs) By the way, Jalen Hurts, NFL best seven design rushes today. Justin Fields, two in a game that they were trailing the entire time. What What is wrong with these coaches? I don't understand it. This is the only thing he does well right now. He's not a good passer. I'm starting to really actually lose a lot of faith that he's ever going to be a good passer. He's just too slow. He's too inaccurate. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't have the good motion weapons. I don't know, man. So, like, the fact that they only had two design rushes in this entire game when they lost this badly is... I, I'm like more mad at them than I am about, uh, at Arthur Smith at this. It's like, what, what did you do all offseason? Why would this not be part of the game plan? I never know what she's doing. What what are they doing back there? Why would t- why would you not have anything that he does with the, with his legs be part of the game plan? DJ Moore had two catches for twenty five yards. To your point, they were losing the entire game. I just don't understand. I just don't understand it. I think Justin Fields sucks. It, it literally the running is the only thing he does well right now. Why would you only have two design rushes? I just can't understand it. To your point, and before we get away from this, on the I fucking hate fantasy football thing. The fact that we just, I know we just said this, but the fact that we just discussed an Eagles running back rotation the entire year and kind of settled on, yeah, you know, they'll probably spread the ball around to a bunch of guys, rotate them all in, and and then, you know, like, one well. of them will get hurt. Actually, probably the the shortest running back rotation in the entire NFL it was just Kenneth Gainwell was the running back. It was <laughs> the guy we already had. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> like, literally, they had two carries other than Hurts and Gainwell. Like, I don't know if there was another team in the league that had that like narrow of a thing. Kenneth Gainwell got 14 and Hertz got nine. No one else had multiple. Just Kenny Gainwell. Also, Allen Robinson led the Steelers in targets. Allen Robinson. Loki looked good. Kind of looked good. Had some juice. Deontay's hurt too, by the way. So might be a bigger part of the game plan going forward. What also, are we doing? man, what a Why week for we hamstrings. This? What a week for hamstrings. What a day for hamstrings. <laughs> Like the Aaron Jones had like a 50 yard touchdown catch, literally pulled up as he crossed the end zone line, grabbing his hamstring. I, I don't know what's been going on over the summer, but people need to, you know, go after, go talk to Will Fuller, how to lubricate those hammies. We've <laughs> said hamstring so much in the last two weeks that it's kind of just such a silly word for such an important thing. We kind of need like a more mature adult. Hamstring's so juvenile. Hamstring. <laughs> Is the hamstring what? the medical term for the muscle? No. I highly doubt it. Why is it called a hamstring? I don't know, but it's funny when you think about it. It's not the scientific term for your muscle. It's like Imagine Dragons. You're like, why? That's such a funny name. Who picked that? It's actually a group of three muscles, which there you go. Hi, Fitz. As long as we're talking about bad band names, Goo Goo Dolls. Just want to throw that one out there. Oh, you're just jumping in with that (laughs) right now? 
Yeah, just while you're looking up name. the stat. Yeah, yeah. Goo Goo Dolls? Isn't yeah, it Goo Goo is... No, Goo Goo Dolls. You're going to defend Goo Goo Dolls. Dolls as a band name? I think I confused Goo Goo and Go Go. Well, there is, there is a band called The Go Go's. And then <laughs> yeah, there I are confused. Goo-Goo I thought Goo-Goo DK Dolls. was pronouncing The Go Go's as The Goo Goo's. And I just, it's late. And I, I don't know, man. Like the Giants, I've not put up any points today. As an extension of the I fucking hate fantasy football, there's just some guys today that just kind of popped off that nobody started. They're definitely on waivers. We'll get to them tomorrow. But just kind of like random, like it's like if you were out all day and you came home and checked box scores and you just scroll and you like squint your eyes and you're like, Rashid Shahid at 100 yards and a <laughs> touchdown for the Saints? Like, I fucking hate fantasy football. Uh, Puka Nakua led the, the week in targets with 15. Tutu Atwell, 119 yards. Kendrick Bourne randomly was like a top 10 receiver this week. He had two touchdowns for the Pats. Uh, it's it's Tyler know, Algier man. on your bench having 23 points. At least you, at least he's on someone's bench, and you can at least feel good thinking, I'll start him next week. Rashid Shahid and Puka Nakua, Tutu Atwell. I mean, there's most people are Googling those names. Van Jefferson was a, a red herring. Yeah. I will let you reserve the right to change your mind on our waiver show. That will run on Monday. However, okay. right now. Yeah. If you had to pick one of these to be legit for the rest of the season. One receiver or, even, or one person? One, any player. Is it, isn't that the same thing? No, I'm asking one receiver or one like of any different position, like running backs included. Oh, no receiver. I thought you were asking receivers for people. I was like, of course. <laughs> okay like, what the fuck yeah, is going on Hyphens is re- he's really getting existential tonight. I was I, I was like, still what? thinking no, about the dolls just listed receivers what other people were we talking about I don't okay. know okay okay well ask your question just which uh, Rashid Jaheed Nakua Tutu Kendrick of all these guys I mean all these guys are like top 10 receivers today I basically I think the the guy with the most probably staying power just off the top of my head is probably Kendrick Bourne for the Patriots who I mean didn't Simmons say he's going to be like secretly their guy this year or whatever? And he's like been kind of a superstar in, in training camp for them. He's good. Mac Jones called him his go-to guy after the game. Um, I would say to uh, Puka Nakua, but I think that at least at some point, Cooper Cup is going to come back and like severely eat into his target load. So I would probably say Kendrick Bourne. Also, we don't know the, uh, what's going on with the health of Jacoby Myers because he got hit and knocked out and it was on a scary play, but he also had a fantastic oh, He looked day. amazing. Jacoby yeah. Myers looked great. He had 80, 80 yards, two touchdowns, nine catches. Was First game of his career with Devontae two touchdowns. Adams. Yeah, he looked awesome. So I hope he is well. And if he's on the field, uh, he, honestly, even the Raiders in general didn't look terrible. That was one of the more horrifying replays I've had in quite some time, the Jacoby Myers replay. Yeah, he was knocked out. Yeah. That was horrifying. And now the Raiders are atop the AFC West, as we all expected. <laughs> yeah, it's great. What a weird sport. Jimmy Garoppolo, better than Derek Carr? Starting out, out there. They're just different, man. Jimmy, I will say, like, the second play of the game just ran out and took a huge hit. And I was like, what's wrong with you? You're made of paper mache. Like, why are you <laughs> dipping yourself in water? Like, what are you doing? And he was, like, Jimmy writhing in pain. Jimmy doesn't really play like, like he's hot. You know what I mean? Jimmy's kind of, like, <laughs> reckless and, like... Oh, all over yeah. the place. Like even though he's injury prone, like he still kind of sends it, which I respect. <laughs> I to tell you the truth, there are a couple players like Baker also has started just throwing himself around, being like, fuck it, like I'll just get hit. But in a way of like I kind of needed to earn everyone's respect because everyone hated me. 
And I wonder if Jimmy has the same thing where he's hurt so much. He's like, no, I have to be tough. Especially like after Derek Carr, where Derek Carr's whole thing is. Honestly, Derek Carr's whole vibe is that Derek Carr grew up in the shadow of David Carr, who is like an incredible prospect and was ruined because the Texans gave up like 150 sacks in two seasons. David Carr was sacked like 210 times in three or four years. So like Derek Carr just saw his older brother walloped and he won't take hits. And I feel like Jimmy's just like, I take hits. But I was like, all right, you don't need to take that many hits, guy. Calm down. (laughs) He's like, oh, you think I'm a pretty boy? You'll see. And then he's just like the just the full body cast, like the guy from SpongeBob. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. All right, time for the most important thing of the whole day and the only thing that will bring me any joy, which is the burn book. I love that. Every, every segment in this entire podcast has just been us being like, God damn it, I hate these people. <laughs> I hate my team. I hate fantasy. I really have nothing going on. I also, I was just like, like so, I was so euphoric this, waking up this morning. Like everything is going to go so well. I love all my teams. I'm, I'm so excited about all the guys I got. I had the best plan. I, man, my plan was amazing. And it's all gone to shit. Do you guys want to, uh, do you have a burn book candidate or? I do. Uh, I'm going to say AJ Dillon, which is oh. dangerous because Aaron Jones got hurt. So he might actually be the starter next week, but I just don't want to fall for it again. <laughs> like I've just, I've, like I'm deleting a girl's number. I'm absolving myself of AJ Dillon. I don't, I'm washing my hands of it. I used to think he was really good. I no longer think that. I just can't do it anymore. 13 carries for 19 yards. I just, I just can't. I would never put him in the starting lineup again. I hope I don't. Anyway, you guys got to convince me not to put him in the burn book. I'm doing Drake London. <laughs> he, he had he had zero catches. Like it's like the the more you look like a wide receiver, the less interested Arthur Smith is in getting you the ball. Like he's like, you know what, Kyle Pitts is like kind of a lineman. I'll give him the ball. Like oh, running backs. Like they're, they're a lot. Like like he just despises passing. And Desmond Ritter throws the ball twelve times a game. So you there's there's no convincing that you can do to make me think Drake London is going to like bounce back. What if you guys had to guess right now? What is the most amount of targets Drake London is going to have in a game this year? Like if, is the over under like six and a half? Yes, five actually, and a half. It's exactly, it's exactly the number I picked in my head was six and a half. <laughs> Bijan led the team today in targets with six. <laughs> Again, it's Arthur tough. Smith is telling us who he is. We just need to listen. He has no interest in passing the ball to Drake London. He's, I think he's actually like, he's, it's more than that, Craig. Like, he's invested in pissing us off. Like, he hates us more than we hate him. 
He's the first coach who's like, actually, I'm a troll and this is a bit because my dad's like, a billionaire I got a and billion none of this dollars. I, I don't fucking care if I get fired. My dad's FedEx. I'm taking, so I'm taking you guys I'm gonna out fuck with around. me. <laughs> I'm going to shave my beard and have a weird mustache and not pass to all my good players. Oh my God. He, he, I mean, there's a chance he is just Big Cat in a hat. We don't know. He could be Big Cat yeah. calling plays. If it's look at the screen. For those of you who didn't listen to our Friday episode, Arthur Smith looks like Big Cat from part of the No, he looks like Big Cat's dad. Older I don't know what Big Cat's dad looks like. He looks like what I would think Big Cat's dad. I don't either. I'm saying he looks old and weathered. (laughs) I'm out on Drake London. Thanks for bringing Drake London and AJ Dillon. That's very, very sweet of you guys. Um, We're going to burn Kadarius fucking Tony. Because my God, did you if see how he ever moved? Been a player, if there's <laughs> ever been a player who's ever deserved the goddamn burn book. <laughs> he got five targets, five targets on 11 routes. Give him fucking 50 routes. One you know? receiving yard, negative one rushing yard. He dropped three passes, and one of those passes was tipped for a pick six that was in his hands. And they gave up a pick six in a game they lost by one point. There will not be a single skill player all year that goes more out of his way to lose a game while contributing nothing of any positive substance <laughs> whatsoever. May, like, ever. Like, y- you could do bad things and good things. I don't know if we'll ever get a player doing solely so many negative things without any positive contributions. I genuinely mean this. I, this is not a bit. I, I really do believe this with every fiber of my being. Kadarius Tony's a bylaw. <laughs> yes. I actually do, He too. is. I actually <laughs> agree guy- with that. I actually yeah. do. <laughs> like, I, I actually feel worse about Sky it's, Moore's role you know why? than I yes. do about Kadarius. You know why? It's never been lower, 100%. though. It's because it's, it's never been lower, though. It's uh, you... Bullocker! These prices have never been lower! <laughs> uh, that's an office joke for those of you who watch The Office. But this man had five stars. They clearly try to get him the ball. He's the Mariano Rivera of the team. Like, anytime they, like, that's, are in the no, red no, zone, he's Mario Mario Rivera was good and clutch and showed up. How dare you? Well, they... They want him to be the Mariano Rivera. Is that better? Look, five targets, 11 routes. Yeah, he dropped two passes. Big fucking deal. A lot of people drop passes. He's still electric, and all the other receivers are bad. So, I, and I'll I give you the Rivera he's, thing. He's been good. They want him to be Mariano Rivera, the pitcher, when he actually is Mariano Rivera when he throws to first base. And I don't know if you watch enough baseball, but he couldn't do it. It's like, yeah, you know, they would just bunt to him, and he would sail it 10 feet over the first baseman. Yeah, head. Chuck Knobloch, he'd just throw to home plate. He didn't know how to throw to first. <laughs> That's Kadarius Tony. He's so fast I believe that it, Mahomes, was, Mahomes was throwing behind him every time. He's just so fast, you know? Honestly, that big drop at the end was kind of behind him. So. <laughs> I think Craig, are veto- Craig and I are vetoing your I agree your that bur- he's probably Bilo. Having said that, we're burn booking him. <laughs> I don't care. You're no. giving me this. The Giants no. just lost 40 no. to nothing. We have to vote. We need a majority vote. Yeah, it's not. I, it's not Tony. I can't. I'm gonna it. snap. I'm gonna snap if we don't move the bird book. Craig, now's not the time. Man. Lose I'm gonna you lose it. You are out on him for the season. You're out. You, you have gonna, no interest. You will never add him. I've never been more out on anything in my entire life. <laughs> oh my god. Fine. I'll create my own book. <laughs> you guys are in it. We're gonna split the book. For the record, I'm with Craig, but uh, I don't want to push Heifetz to the point of no return here. No, you're he's a, he's a broken man. Pick. What are you picking no, Drake look, London? Listen, for the content, he cannot be in the burn book because every week we need to check in on his status and talk ourselves into him every week. He can't be in the burn book. <laughs> he's not going in the book. I'm not getting voted out of this, DK. You're going to have to put your name on the record. 
Because I'm not, I'm not, not voting. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm not. I'm taking Kadarius out. I refuse to put him in. I'm not doing it. You suck. I'm fine with Drake. So mad I did this shit. This is like, you know, I'm I'm fine with it. I do have him on a couple teams, unfortunately. But, you know, as you guys know, I just don't want to have to think about Arthur Smith. So it's fine with me. For those reasons, I'm out. (laughs) Did you see that Mark Cuban said that he's like actually down money? Like in terms of like all of his investments on Shark Tank, he's like announced that he's actually just like in the red. As a as a whole, after all of I his just feel like that's me with anything Arthur Smith does. I'm like I try I've tried I've, I do it a million times. I can never guess the right one. I can never pick the right company <laughs> that's going to take off. I'm out. It's going to be Cordero Patterson next week. You know I don't know I don't know who's going to be. Maybe Desmond Raider is going to run Matt for next week. I just don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I'm kind of stunned by the Mark Cuban hasn't made money on Shark Tank thing. I mean we're not looking at his books, but that was a report. I think he said that right, DK. Did no, you he see said that? it. Mark Cuban hasn't profited from Shark. I'm reading it right now. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Uh, like, I mean, no, he's probably are, like, not someone factoring asked him, in the salary he gets paid. No, someone said, "Are you up all time? <laughs> are you up all time on Shark t- Shark Tank investments?" And he's like, "Like up financially? Oh no, no, no! I got him beat." Yeah, but he makes money <laughs> for the up? show. Like, financially? does he own the show? Does he own that show, or is he just like ABC on the think show? So. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But the point being, hey, you just go on. You're like, why should I sell to you, Mark? Also, he probably makes like, I don't know, half a million dollars, a million dollars just to do the show every year. So he's fine. <laughs> We're not worried about Mark Cuban, for the record. Who was the NBA player who couldn't attend the meeting for them to sign a huge free agent because he is contractually obligated to be at Shark Tank? It was a big deal. It wasn't LeBron, but it was someone very important. Durant. Oh, I didn't see I think. That. that doesn't surprise me. Durant's like very, like, wants to be like a businessman. In like a media mogul. He like started his own knockoff show. You know, like LeBron's The Shop. He like started his own called like The Table the or something. And it's like The Boardroom, right? <laughs> the Mesa. <laughs> but yeah, nobody watched that. <laughs> that should be our version. It's The Table. <laughs> Welcome oh to The God. Table. <laughs> all right. I'm kidding. Um, all right. Drake here. London, you're in the book. Sorry. But you know Burn. what, though? Drake London doesn't care because they're one and He doesn't care if he's in the book. <laughs> I'm sure he doesn't care about the potential millions and millions he's losing in future earnings. Yeah, he doesn't care. One and Drake London's dying to lose in the wild card round and not get a second contract. <laughs> That's his goal. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Carlos, for producing this episode. Thank you, Arthur Smith, for the content. Thank you, Lord. It's all, it's all about the content. Lord. Thank you, Doja Cat. Hell yeah. Wow. New album. Right? Didn't see you come out with that one. Did her album come out or was it just a single? Don't know. Uh, yeah, DK, I'm surprised you didn't drop Olivia Rodrigo. New album. But yeah. are you a fan of hers? I don't. I'm not familiar with her work. I thought Guts was pretty good. But not as good as um, Sour. I, I've only listened to the first half of it. But I think it's, I think it's really good. She's definitely leaned into punk, which I enjoy. Mm. Yeah, people have called her like the that the songbird of her generation, but really it's like the Avril Lavigne of her generation. Yeah, she's going wow. way more way more alternative and punk. I feel like the first album was like a little bit more like, oh, is this the next Taylor Swift? And now it's like, ooh, she's actually more like. Well, she Taylor Swift her, and then now she no. um, isn't Taylor Swift anymore. Yeah, because Taylor Swift is <laughs> Taylor, Taylor Swift suitor. Because Taylor Swift, well, you're too I'll Taylor just say, Swifty. Okay. Something, something, lawyers exchange words, and then uh, Taylor Swift's now a co-writer on three of the songs. Oh, wow. 
So I know now she sounds like I actually find the world of like artists stealing other artists like sounds, whether or not they claim that they knew they were stealing it to be very interesting. Like there's already, there's some Miley Cyrus song that sounds just like uh, All American Bitch, which is uh, Olivia Rodrigo's first song in her album. And it sounds just like a Miley Cyrus song. There's like a bunch of Dua Lipa songs that sound like other, other songs. I yeah, just, yeah, it was heartbreaking. I find yeah. all that stuff very fascinating. Like, do the producers know this? And is it like a really fine line of what's considered like not, uh, you know, copyright infringement? It's very interesting. I, and an important caveat, I listened to Olivia Rodrigo like, Probably a weird amount for twenty eight year old man. It's like fantastic. <laughs> like having said how that, do they it determine is terminate. I well, it's actually it's a whole segment of music law, but yeah, it's crazy where it's like, it, oh she, oh no, she had a like the whatever the song was that got ripped from Haley Williams of Pal- Paramore. I can't speak. I'm so rattled by forty nothing. But the, it's like, <laughs> oh no, like she had to make her a songwriter and give the profits back. Olivia Rodrigo had an Apple commercial and a Facebook commercial at the same time. Like, the greatest cares? move you could ever do as an artist is just copy a really fucking famous song, make it better, let that person have the rights, and then just just live off the fame that you earn from making this cool, super popular song. All the brand deals you're going to do. Yo, yeah. we should do this with Mariah Carey. <laughs> we should get sued by Mariah Carey. Let's just like change the name of the show to like the Mariah Carey football podcast. We we just play her music under all of our ads and our intro and outro. Wait, we can do it this season with the with the Christmas. We should just do all I want for Christmas is Kyle Pitts or something. <laughs> I don't know. She'll want, want, want her name associated. Uh, look, I love it. I just I, I I really want to know. And again, this is stuff I could easily find out by Googling it. But like, I just want to know how they determine if it's... If it's fair use or not, like, like, is it like a guy listening to the song? And he's like, mm, these sound pretty close. And they're like, illegal. You know, like, how do they do it? Is it like, oh, it needs to be a certain percentage of beats that are the same? Or I just, it feels so subjective to me. Like, is there just like a table of experts on the show, The Table, that it's just a- sit and listen? <laughs> and they're like, mm, I don't know about this one. Email us at ringerfantasyfootball@gmail.com if you have like a lawyer. Craig's comment was like, I know that I could probably figure the answer out very easily by just Googling this. This is like the last 15 minutes of our show is is just that's the meta version of that. We don't want to know. We like we like talking it out. It's a pre-internet thing. Google has almost removed the like the need to talk to people, but that's why I don't <laughs> Google things. So I can talk to people and be ignorant. <laughs> uh, it is bliss. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>